Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What do you think of the tweet that said, poor things are set in the Lemony Snicket universe? Oh yeah, I saw that. It would make sense, given how weird everything is. Mm. It's an adult version, I suppose, then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're doing this sort of stuff in like a children's book. They do kill people in those books, though. It's quite dark, mm. really, isn't it? Mm. Are we okay? No. Okay. Is Daniel Handler okay? Seems fine. Yeah. Lemony Snicket, though, the real writer. <laughs> Hello and welcome to I Only Like You and Movies. This is a podcast about me, Lonnie, and her, Sine, talking about movies. Oh, like. okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought you were just going to say it's about us. I was like, that's no. not really, it's not the angle I'm taking. No, it's about the movies. It is. And we've watched Poor Things. It's a bit of an Emma Stone celebration these few weeks. I'm not mad about it. We love Emma Stone. We do. Do we love Poor Things? Do we love Emma Stone and Poor Things? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's your, <laughs> people can't see your face in it. <laughs> What's your reticence about this movie? Explain. You know the Whoopi Goldberg okay meme? I know it well. That was me at the end of the movie. Mm. Just, okay, mm. great, great, cool. Okay, <laughs> why? It's weird as F. Mm. It's so weird. And I just, I don't know if your gloss is for me. I've tried so many times. We really loved The Favourite. That was amazing. But then thinking back to that, did we just like Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz and Olivia Colman mm. in The Favourite rather than liking The Favourite? Yeah, I didn't really like The Lobster. That was so weird. And I haven't seen Sacred Deer or the other films, to be honest. But look, I think I appreciated this one, but I didn't. wasn't really my speed. Poor things. Do you think people are, like, awarding it? nominating it because they didn't understand it and they're like it must be highbrow therefore it must receive a nomination oh maybe but i don't know if i fully understood it so. i didn't understand what was going on should we try and do a loose no i think it was very well made like the production design sure was, and he certainly amazing. has a unique he, mm-hmm. he's an auteur it's gonna be a unique way of filming mm-hmm. a unique way of doing color and and there were some interesting themes here about womanhood and abuse of women and they reclaiming were. your story and and what Emma Stone's talked about being an actor with it you're probably about to mention do I say it no you say it oh just about how she had to she was relearning to be a woman and in the character who learns to be a woman already in a woman's body mm. from childhood yeah that's cool I like all that stuff I, I just didn't quite work for me the actual film you know yeah same and then I didn't no, once I heard her talk about that after I'd seen the film, I was like, okay, I see how she's getting something out of this. Because it's... the plot, mm. basically, she's sort of a, a Frankenstein's monster. Willem Dafoe's Dr. Frankenstein. 
Effectively, yeah. And it is a spoiler. Well, it's a spoiler. Spoiler town. This woman died. Emma died in real life. She committed suicide, but she was pregnant. And so Willem Dafoe decided to take the baby, save the baby, by putting the baby's brain in Emma Stone's body. Mm-hmm. It's like a fantastical sort of situation, right? And so then it's like Victorian London, but steampunk, steampunk, which is cool. Don't but, see that much on th- yeah, films, yeah, yeah. And so it's her sort of gaining, gaining sentience, gaining independence, figuring out what to do. Really, it's about sex. The entire film is sort of about her obsession with sex. I think it's a yeah, but in a reclaiming it and like learning how developing that womanhood in a woman's body without having to age up and to be a woman is yeah. Sure. Sure. If that's how you want to interpret it. It is a long movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite long and but she goes on a bit of an odyssey around Europe. Which you kind of appreciate it because then she does yeah. the classic hero's journey of going on a journey, coming home, and then Being things changed. bring change and bring that change back to mm. to where she started. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I just I think I think this is me and my goodbye to your gossip films. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think potentially as well a bit more of an as an acting exercise would been really fun and challenging for Emma Stone as an actor. Yeah. Um, which is like fun to watch for a bit, but yeah. and I like where it ended up, but it took ages to get there. Took ages and we, to we get like there. short movies, you know, but we also like long movies when they're, when they feel like things are happening all the time. But this one did with the Odyssey sort of angle, it does sort of saunter around a bit. Linger. Yeah. There are some great moments. Like there's the moment with her on the ship was really good when she loses all of Mark Ruffalo's money. And I'll talk about that in a second. But there's a long section where she's a sex worker. At that a, felt a too long. That went way too long with the scariest actor in the world. Mm. And it just, I don't know, it just felt a bit unbalanced. And it's its really stylistic and sort of incredible what they've done with set pieces and her costuming in particular was incredible. It's like all of that was mm. great. Emma's performance was great. I think all the performances were great. Willem Dafoe yeah. was great. Mark Ruffalo, he'll talk about a bit. But I, I just don't think it's for me. Yeah, I think I, I think that's good that you can appreciate the weekend. Yeah, you as in the royal you mm-hmm. can appreciate everything <laughs> in a film, but still know it's not quite for you. Yeah, it's not made for me. Hmm. That's really fine. It, it it's a little bit disappointing too though because you can well, yeah. see it all working, but I know it doesn't vibe with you. No, but that's okay. You know, it did vibe with me. Mark Ruffalo as a villain. Okay, let's talk about this. So I watched an interview that he and Yorgos and Emma did about the film, doing press stuff, and he was saying that when he first looked at this role, it really scared him because he's been in superhero movies for like 10 years playing the Hulk, and he's like, can I do an accent? I've never (laughs) done one before. Can I be a villain? what if I'm not a real actor and all mm. I've done is play a version of myself as Bruce Banner but not actually acted mm. at all what do I do and then Emma says I only choose projects based on whether they scare me or not so like okay Emma um but he was phenomenal mm. like I think it's easy because we've seen him in a superhero film 
people write him off as just like, yeah, he's just delivering a performance like everybody else. But this is an incredible characterization. He, he plays this toffee sort of um, very proper... Casanova sort of, yeah, but, but a creepy version. Narcissistic, mm. sort of mm. like rotten to the core partner who wants mm-hmm. to take advantage of, of Emma's character. His name is Bella, by the way. And I just loved him. Mm. And I want more of him doing other weird roles with different accents and really pushing himself in his career. Mm. I thought it was an amazing turn from someone I wasn't expecting much from. Look, I think Mark has sold himself short there a bit because he's been amazing stuff before superhero he movies. Has, and yeah. during that period, he was also in good stuff. He was in Spotlight, won Oscar yes. and everything like that. Well, so, yeah. What do you mean? What was that terrible line reading he does? What do you mean? They knew. They knew and they didn't tell anybody. What's wrong with that? It was a good line. So I feel like, but I can see in his mind, he might have yeah. thought he he hadn't done enough challenging work over the last. And that two this years. was it, and then his career was dying. Was mm. essentially how he was talking. Yeah, mm. yeah. But he shouldn't have, because he was amazing, and he's always been amazing. Totally, totally. Have you seen the two thousand and five romantic comedy Just Like Heaven? I have not. Missing out. Am I okay? You're missing out. <laughs> Is he a ghost? No. Is she a ghost? Yes. Okay. <laughs> also, Suddenly 30. I haven't seen that for a while. Let's rewatch it. Okay. Maddie. Oh, he's so good in that. He had his real great turn as like a leading rom-com man mm. and then sort of pivoted and didn't want to be that. So mm. you're right. He did have really great roles before he did MCU stuff. But I do find it interesting, similarly to what we've heard about Robert Downey Jr. speaking about his his career is like you're stuck doing the same thing mm. for such a long period of time that when you get out of it, you're like, can I actually do anything mm. at the moment? So, yes, absolutely incredible. Loved it. Want more of it. Mark Ruffley cast and everything, please. What's he got coming up next? Is he one with... Is he in that one with um, Hong Joon-ho? Well, firstly, I don't know why he doesn't have a proper... Wikipedia filmography. So what can do you, someone? What do you mean? Well, there's no list. Acting credits and awards. He got his own page. But why are some of them Mark Ruffalo on screen and stage, and some of them are like Mark Ruffalo filmography? Can we just get some consistency? I'm a copy editor. Um, yes, he was yeah. going to be in Mickey Seventeen, but that's not going ahead anymore, I believe. Well, they just Don't delayed the release. It's actually happening. Okay. They've already filmed it. Okay, good, good, yeah. good, 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 good. Yeah, it's still happening. Just not being released in the next month or something. I think. Okay. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
This is the part of the podcast where Sine reads Mark Ruffalo's Wikipedia page. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot we were recording. <laughs> um, rest of the cast are pretty cool too. Yep. I don't have them in front of me. Do you have them? I do. Rami Yusuf is in this. You didn't like him. Yes, I did. It's, just... it's the other guy I didn't like. Oh, who didn't you like? The, their actual husband that she killed herself from. Oh, I thought yeah, he was really obviously. bad. No, his character was bad, but I thought his performance was quite one note. And... It was quite one note. Yeah. Rami Why didn't wasn't... she shoot him? I understand that. Literally has the gun. Yeah. Hmm. I think maybe that point I was just sick of the movie too a bit. Not sick of it, but like, <laughs> I thought we were finished and we'd keep going. No, I thought Rami was amazing. He brought a lot of mm. um, depth to that role. Yeah. It was interesting. So he comes in as sort of like a research assistant to Willem Dafoe's character. Um, and he's tasked with this job of observing Bella's behaviour. And in doing so, though, he establishes a sort of power dynamic, which is, oh, I have to rescue her. I have to protect her. That's my role as a man is to protect her from all these other men who are trying to get something from her. But in doing so, he's doing the same thing. He's not letting her live out her independence and what she wants to do in her life. So I thought it was an interesting character and great performance. And I really like Rami. I think he's amazing. Even with the best of intentions, he was still... Exactly. perpetuating yes. the, the abuse of her. And so when Mark Ruffalo comes along and offers her freedom mm-hmm. to a certain degree, mm-hmm. that's why she's keen to take it. Yeah. Obviously, that doesn't turn out to be mm-hmm. the whole truth. But, yeah, I can see why. That was a good, good character. Small inclusion of Margaret Qualley. That was like a new Bella mm. at the end. Interesting. Small role for her to take. Yeah. I don't know if maybe this was done a little while ago or, like, when did they start filming and stuff, you know? 2021, uh, it's still post-made. Yeah, production began as early as 2009. Who knows? She would have, have already done Maybe. once upon a time, once upon a time in Hollywood and everything. Yes, uh, that's true. That's true. Hmm. So, can we talk about the ending of the film? Because I'm not sure I entirely get it. So, Willem Dafoe dies. She she's cast out her ex-husband. She's cast out Mark Ruffalo. And she's in this sort of utopia back garden, but she's or she's given her husband a lobotomy or whatever. Into the goat. Is is the end zoom in on her smile supposed to be she's now doing the abuse? She's now Frankenstein? Or is it her overcoming everything that she's been through and it's like, oh, we've finally made it? Because she's doing shit that she's like, this isn't appropriate to be doing, but she's doing it herself. Treating the animals and stuff like that. Well, I don't think it was supposed to be a tragedy. I think it was supposed to be, go, yay, Bella, at the end. Okay. So that's my interpretation. But I, I thought she was going to be using her powers for good. That's how and I So she was punishing yeah. him because he was a bad guy. Yeah. As opposed to what Frankenstein did to her, which was... Punish, in inverted commas, her without... Yeah, yeah, against her will, basically, put her, put a baby in a human's body without thinking of the ethical ramifications... But is she thinking of the ethical ramifications when she's giving that ex-husband a... Yeah, I think she thinks he deserves it, so it's okay. Yeah, okay. I didn't see any evidence that she was doing anything else bad to innocent people. No, I guess not. Yeah. But that could be interpretation that she has gone on this odyssey of of learning how to be a human and ends up just being like the creepy guy. Yeah. But also that, that could be seen as a positive thing where... Rather than being the victim, now she is the person with all the power. Yeah. 
But yeah, I, I didn't see her abusing her power apart from punishing the person who'd abused her previously. That's true, yeah. Okay. I might have to watch it again to try and fully understand. No, that makes sense. Thank you for explaining it to me. No, no. I'm just saying I, I might have to watch it again to fully understand what was happening in the vile interpretation, but I don't feel any desire to watch it again. No. I'm just surprised with how positive the reviews have been. Like, it's 93% in Rotten Tomatoes. It's, like, huge. Imaginative, exhilaratingly over the top, excellent. A strange, gorgeous-looking picture, you know. I just... I mean, it's done with plenty of style. I get that. It is outrageous and hilarious. I didn't find it funny. I don't know if I laughed I, once. I think um, making this sort of non-conformist movie but with recognisable actors does give people some licence to enjoy the yeah. outrageous. If this was a bunch of random people that no one had heard of, exactly, they'd be like, way too weird. But yeah. Emma Stone's there, Mark Ruffalo's there, so yeah, it must be good. I'm not saying it's not good, I'm just saying that could be no, an interpretation. No, I know what you mean. And her performance is amazing, and everyone's saying that her performance is amazing. Mm-hmm. And people have different interpretations, I guess, about the exploration, about their sexual selves of... Someone's saying, in many ways, the film demonstrates the limits of modern cis male auteurs' vision for and about women. Mm. It is kind of weird that a, a male director... Well, not weird, but interesting, I guess, that a male director is making this film about female empowerment. But then, what do we want? No films about female empowerment, less about women? So that's not what we're mm. about. I think it was good that she found empowerment with her sexuality as a sex worker. However, is that no. not a limitation of that yeah. storyline where... That's where she finds that. Yeah. As a sex worker. I think it's I think it was a good way of doing it in some ways and I don't think she was a victim in any of that. She had power. Well there was but a little bit where she wasn't allowed to leave. Yeah, she ever comes up. She needed she, money. Yeah. yeah. I, I get I get that. I think it was mm. it was looking at the ethical ramifications of it. Mm. But is that something that a male writer and director thinks is interesting? Let's put the woman in a brothel yeah. Yeah. to see that. Where maybe a female director wouldn't. No comment on your guys in particular, just in general. I understand what you're you know what I mean? Yeah, positing. I think th- there's a lot of sex in this film, like a lot, a lot, to the point where it felt a bit pornographic. And I thought the, the moments where they hinted at that were way more effective to me than the moments where she's like mm. butt naked. That there's a moment where she wakes up in the bed and we have a close-up on her feet, on her toes that are just not like feet stuff. (laughs) She's sort of writhing in the bed and we have these little hints and we can hear her breathing. Mm. And that's a really affecting sequence because we're not seeing anything but we don't understand what's happening. She's masturbating and exploring her body for the first time. I thought that the hint of that stuff, again, was more effective than the outright blatantness of it. And that's something we've been talking about recently in the podcast in the last, like, five episodes, really, is about how subtlety is way more effective than actually showing what's happening. Your imagination can can make connections between images, can um, draw upon your historical circumstances in order to understand what's occurring. And I just wish that we'd pulled back a little bit, maybe, from the the blatant like she's having sex every scene with every random mm. person you know but then i know so, that's not so his you're style prude. okay yeah i prude. that's exactly what's mm. yeah happening um it's not your cause's style and it's not what he wants to do in the film and that's totally mm. fine but i'm just thinking we've spoken about saltburn lately we've spoken about um even something like anyone but you like that the subtle moments and the small moments mm. are 
really beautiful and I think directors should embrace that more storytellers should embrace that stuff more than mm. being so obvious in their choices you know that's just my two cents do you think it was designed to titillate though I don't, I don't think it was particularly sexy in that sense it was like especially the scenes with her in the brothel they were kind of mechanical almost yeah. you know yeah and there are moments but, that are quite horrific where she's having sex as well yeah but her and Mark Ruffalo I think was supposed to be I think that was supposed sexy to be. yes yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Mm. Um, are you gonna watch the next Yorgos film? I don't think so, and that that's no slight against him. I just I just mm. don't think we gel together as a mm-hmm. as a viewer and a maker. You know, <laughs> that's alright. <laughs> what about you? Are you gonna? I don't me? think so. Really, maybe I'm not. It depends discounting. what it is. Mm. Well, actually, no. We lie. We totally lie, because his upcoming <laughs> project. His Kinds of Kindness, which is starring Jesse Plemons, Margaret Qualley, Hong Chow, Joe Alwyn, Hunter Schaefer, Emma Stone, Willem Dafoe. Some of our favourites in that list. Wow. Who are you? Obviously Yogurt Boy. You can't call him Yogurt Boy. I taught you that the people were calling him Yogurt Boy last night. You can't call him Yogurt Boy. It's so he seems, mean. I just don't even get least all right, it's actually. so mean. I think he has a lot of hate, unnecessarily. He does. He does. Well, he wasn't great in conversations with friends, but... I never saw it. He was in The Favourite, though. He was, yes. Anyway, so, yes, we lie. We're definitely going to be seeing this next film because anything that Jesse Plemons and Margaret Qualley are in, absolutely Mm. we're going to see it, so... That's how he gets you. It's an anthology film. Three different stories with four or five actors who play one part in each story, so they all play three different parts. Kind of taking on from the theatre there where people would play more than one character. Mm. I'm in... Okay. I mean, I am, aren't I? What has this podcast been for? <laughs> yeah. Okay, what are you rating poor things? <sighs> Three. Yeah, fair enough. Agreed. Okay. Really well made, well directed, well acted. I could see what he was trying to do. It just didn't affect mm. me personally. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, as we said, Emma Stone season on the podcast. Next week we'll have the rehearsal. Not that we won't. We'll have the curse. <laughs> We're going back in time. We're doing yeah. the rehearsal again. Which is not in. <laughs> which is not in at all. No, the curse, which has taken a lot out of us. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about that. Mm. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Oscar season two. Lots of pods about Oscar movies and awards season in general around this time of year. Plus some other stuff we're going to sneak in, so... Yeah, I'm not sure when our Oscar plug might be up. It might be up before this or it might be up after this. Nobody knows. Do it. For sure. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. I just heard the bedroom door. Didn't close it properly. Hmm. Be good if you're professional. Hard, hard to get a good podcast co-host around here. <sighs> All right. Do I have that plane to go? Half the plane. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.